Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, RB, let's go straight to the Vaqueros hotline. Let's do it. And talk to our man, Jerry Hamilton. Yes, he is the senior recruiting analyst at On3 Sports, the best in the business, and he joins us. What's going on? Good morning, Jerry. How are you? What's up, Jerry? Hey, good morning. Hey, I have to respond to a couple of things from the uh, Cantina hotline. One, I'm glad I'm not a uh, Texas women's basketball player today. I'll I say that. Practice is, <laughs> practice is going to have brooms. Well, I mean, whatever. It's, everything's coming out today, man. And two, I was at that Rockets game last night. Anthony Simons may be the best player that nobody really talks about. I mean, that guy, the guard for Portland is really, really good. He, he, he didn't go to – he signed with – he was going to go to play for Rick Pitino coming out in high school. Then all the stuff went down at Louisville. So he never went to college. Uh, and then he ended up in the NBA draft. But uh, he, he is really, really good. And I'll throw one more thing before we get to the things that Texas fans want to talk about. Scoot Henderson has the longest arms of a six four six five person I have ever I will ever see in my life. Guys, it's unbelievable. He has like he has the wingspan of a seven footer. Like six, he could six. give me high fives from the eighth row last night. But here's the problem: he can't make, he can't make a jump shot. So unless he solves that, he's going to underachieve to what people thought. Awesome. All right, now man, let's get why, to the real stuff. That's why we love Jerry. <laughs> Uh, that's good, hey man. Uh, you wind them up and let them go. That's what Jerry's all about. It's great stuff. Nice uh, Yeah, the uh, the Portland Trailblazers did beat Houston in that overtime game, and Jerry was there. And yeah, it won't be fun over with Vic Schaefer this morning. Can guarantee you that. Hey Jerry, obviously, you know you've been doing this a long, long time. Uh, Rod and I too. It's we've never seen like it. I mean. Three of the head coaches in the Final Four that we covered were gone, huh. right? I mean, Nick Saban retires, Kalen DeBoer leaves for Alabama, and now Jim Harbaugh is gone. And we've never seen a whirlwind like this. I mean, how does this impact Michigan recruiting? I mean, did he wait long enough to kind of use the, the school calendar as a, as a deterrent and keeping Sharon more? What do you expect as far as the exodus for the Wolverines? Yeah, I think the main thing I'm looking at, and I think those are all great points and valid. But I think what happened at Alabama, and Kalen DeBoer's a great coach. He's going to have success at Alabama. He'll have Alabama in the playoff. I'm not saying this year. But I think Michigan sat and watched that and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't go outside the family on this hire. And Sheryl Moore did a good job filling in for Harbaugh. We have to stay in the family here so there's not a mass exodus. And I know they're coming up against that drop, uh, you know, when guys could leave. But that doesn't mean they can't just leave in the spring, right? I mean, so I think staying in house here, it's where it looks, sounds like it's where Michigan's headed, is very smart. I think their, their powers that be up there set back and watch what happened at Alabama and said, whoa, whoa. We don't want anything that's close to a repeat of that, whether it's 20 guys jumping to the portal a day after Harbaugh leaves or if it's in the spring. They have to hold it together because you just don't have time to replace what you lost. Uh, you just lose too many guys and too much talent to replace that. I mean, there's that's the that it's going to be interesting to see if the dates change and how things change moving forward in the future with the portal. Because uh, I know it's not fair, but man, that that was a what happened to Alabama is just really rough. 
Yeah, that is. Hey, Jerry, let me, let's say hypothetical because I'm, I'm with you. The next transfer portal window, if some Michigan players decide that they want to uh, to leave, that'll probably be most likely the one that you'll see some guys decide to depart with. But if this is say hypothetically, if Texas was targeting or looking at some players who may transfer or hit the transfer portal for Michigan, who would those players be? Who would they be? Who's the guys? No, that's D line. D line. Guys like a Mason Graham out of Anaheim Servite. Y'all know Sark loves SoCal, right? SoCal, state of Texas, SEC country, and Arizona. Those are the areas for Texas. Kid like Mason Graham, a defensive. It's going to be defensive line. I mean, that's what Texas really would look. And getting Savea from Arizona, what that does is that gives Texas the opportunity and the ability to wait until the spring and see who jumps in the portal in the spring. They don't really have to reach right now. Uh, at that position because that helps shore up some depth there. Uh, But I think defensive line in the spring is going to be something uh, that uh, Texas fans will want to watch. Jerry, two things here, two-part question. So what are you hearing on the defensive line coach hire, and where does that stand? They got Saveo without having a D-line coach in place, obviously because of the relationship with Johnny Nansen. Uh, Where does that stand for you? And what about the young defensive linemen that are already on campus? We know Saveo's coming in, but we know Alfred Collins will be back and Vernon Broughton. But uh, what about some of those other guys, Aaron Bryant and uh, Jure Bledsoe and uh, um, Sadir Mitchell? What are you you hearing about their development uh, in that D-line room? So two-part question there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first thing on the D-line uh, hire is it, it, it was always said that Sark was going to take his time with this and, and get absolutely the right guy. I mean, obviously, I talked to some guys, Rod Wright included in that, uh, but they're still, you know, continuing through that process right now. It could be NFL guy. You know, hey, what happens at Michigan with a, with a guy like Mike Elson? You just don't know how things are going to fall there. Um, but uh, I, I think that is – it's going to be a patient approach. Um, they already passed the junior day. I mean, you're already coming up on – the end of the evaluation period. So there's no reason to rush a decision now, a hire now. Um, so they, they have some time to play with. As far as the um, the guys that are back, I think it's a crucial, huge spring for Sadir Mitchell and Jure Bledsoe. Those are the two guys for me. I think Aaron Bryant can play the run, right? He has, he can anchor. He can play the run. Uh, I think Vernon Broughton has some uh, disruptive ability. Um, I think we obviously Savea brings uh, uh, experienced adult to that room that's played a lot of snaps at high level. Uh, but and then you know Zach Swanson, if he could ever get big enough, I know there uh, uh, you know the staff was high on what he could be, but he's got to get gaining the weight and getting there's been the issue for him, and it's a process. But I look at Sadir and I look at Bledsoe. Those guys need to have huge springs, and they need to start looking like the players that we all think they can become. Uh, Because both of those guys have Sunday ability, but they're far off from that right now in terms of consistency. And until they get that consistency, uh, then there's going to continue to be questions about them. And I know that may be being hard on Sadir because he's just uh, redshirted his freshman year. But he he showed some signs later in the year, but you got to have that consistency. And that's what gets you on the field, and that's what earns that trust. I mean, you look at how long it's taken Alfred Collins uh, to do that, and he's still not where he should be because if he was, he'd be in the NFL, in the NFL draft right now. 
So they need Jure Bledsoe and Sadir Mitchell to have really big screens and start to show what they can become because those guys, Bledsoe is a, could be a big-time disruptive guy and a pass rusher on the interior. Sadir Mitchell, there's just not many 6'6", 340s with quickness that can play over the ball. Those, he is perfect for the SEC. That's why Georgia fought to the end for him. But he's got he's got uh, that light's got to come on. Hey, uh, Jerry, uh, the Longhorns had a big recruiting weekend this past weekend and actually did get a, a commit from uh, 2025 uh, commitment. Lance Jackson, the edge rusher, but also he's a guy that can play tight end. Uh, give us your thoughts about where he projects to be for, for the Longhorns and what uh, style of defense that he may hint that the Longhorns want to play in the future. Yeah, he, he, he says he, he's being recruited at the butt position. By the way, I saw him in person um, on Saturday, and, you know, he, I, I think he's about 6'5 and a half, about 255, 260 now. He's gained a lot of good weight, long levers, right, which I think is what Texas is really after, is that length at that edge position with size. I think that's where they're headed with the move to the SEC. I think that's absolutely what he's going to play, that butt position, that edge position. Uh, that's what he is. He know, And that's the thing, he knows what he is. I mean, he plays tight end, and he looks Looks good on tape doing it, uh, but I, he knows what he, where his future is, and I think that gives him a chance to be a really good player. And I'll tell you what, I mean, guys, that was a uh, that was a big win for Texas this early uh, because you know obviously his brother signed with LSU is now at Arkansas. But with Arkansas falling off under Sam Pittman, that really opened the door for Texas to get this done quick. And Texas got this done quick before, you know, A&M Mike Elko really could make a true run at him. Uh, but he picked Texas. And, you know, he loves Austin. Uh, he likes where the program's headed. So I, I think he made a very – he didn't make an emotional decision. He made a sound decision. Longhorns with five commitments already for the class of 2025. Lance Jackson, the latest uh, out of Texarkana. Also got the linebacker from Pearland, Anthony Williams, Brandon Brown from Palm Beach, Florida, Amari Winston, the tight end from Calhoun, Georgia, and K.J. Lacey, the quarterback from Sarah Land, Alabama, uh, the quarterback for that class uh, coming up. Hey, uh, Jerry Hamilton is with us. GD, hey, by the um, way, I have, some, I, have some news on, I have some news on that. With Ryan Williams, uh, with Ryan Williams canceling that official visit to Texas this weekend and committing to Alabama, K.J. Lacey, Casey's not coming in to make the visit this weekend. He didn't come into the January 20th junior day because Texas was just going to bring him in with Ryan Williams, his really good his teammate and really good friend there at Sarahland High. So with Ryan Williams shutting down his recruitment and committing to Alabama last night, right before Alabama beat Auburn in basketball, which was all that was synchronized after he decided he was going to shut down his recruitment. K.J. Lacey's not coming in to Austin this weekend, so he'll be back at a later date. But Sarkeesian is scheduled to be there, I believe, next Tuesday uh, to see K.J. Lacey. A.J. Milway is scheduled to be in Sarah Land today. All right, so there you go. Yeah, that happened last night. Ryan Williams had committed to Alabama but then jumped in, you know, decommitted when uh, uh, Nick Saban retired. But then uh, Kalen DeBoer was able to bring him back. And he said Alabama's where he always wanted to be, just wanted to hear what uh, Coach DeBoer had to say. And it was good enough, and he's going to stay there and play for the Crimson Tide. But K.J. Lacey is the commitment for the Longhorns in uh, next year's recruiting class. Uh, Jerry, you were on the scene uh, all through the junior day last week, and I saw all your reporting on, on Twitter and on social media uh, following this. What else stood out to you from the, the junior weekend the Longhorns had last weekend that, led, that netted them Lance Jackson and the speedy running back? from DeSoto for the class of, uh, or excuse me, from Alito for the class of 2026. Yeah, yeah, uh, Racing Guillory, really good space player, really talented kid, young player. He was hurt at the end of the year, so Texas fans didn't get to see him if they watched Alito in the state title game. I thought that just the talent in general 
was probably the best I've seen on a singular visit at Texas. Just the bodies, just when they showed up, the frames, the talent, uh, 2025 class, 2026 class. There was over 20 four-star players, four- or five-star players at that visit that day, in a one-day visit for Texas. That's just in the 25 class. If you add up guys that will be four-stars in the 26 class, and as those rankings adjust, there are some underrated 25s there, in my opinion. There's probably 40 to 45 four-star or five-star prospects on campus Saturday out of about 150. That is a hell of a lot of talent, and there were some big, good-looking guys on the offensive line with great frames, linebackers, really good in Texas in 2025. They had Riley Pettijon and Elijah Barnes, the top two there. Um, obviously, Lance Jackson at the edge. Uh, but they had a, a heck of a, ta- a group of talent, guys. I mean, the best I've seen on the hoof on a singular visit at Texas. Hey, Jerry, let me ask you about that 25 class. It, 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 does there seem to be a focus of it in terms of a position group? Because uh, maybe they're past that point in roster construction. Last 2024 class, it seemed like DB that was a emphasis, right, a priority for them. We saw linebacker be that for them a couple of uh, recruiting uh, classes ago. Remember the big O-line class where they brought in the big humans, and that seemed to be the emphasis. Does there seem to be an emphasis in 2025, or have they passed that point where they've constructed the roster and rebuilt everything and now they're just filling in the, the, the holes no that's why y'all are really good guys it's linebacker like in okay. tw- texas took one linebacker and ty anthony smith it's a great question they took one linebacker they were going to take a, t- a very guy they considered very high in linebacker in 24 whether that was flipping justin williams from georgia which didn't happen flipping ty anthony smith from AM, which did happen after that coaching change they signed five linebackers in 23. They were just going to go for one or zero in 2024. And that was twofold. Yeah, they had a great class of linebackers in 23, but they knew what was coming in the state in 2025 and nationally. Texas at the linebacker position has been hit or miss in the state. And I'm not talking University of Texas. I'm talking state producing a lot of high-end linebackers. It's spread football, right? It's kind of what it's morphed into in the state of Texas. So uh, that linebacker position has been really hit or miss in some cycles in Texas, not 2025. I'm going to write something that on three today about that, how many power five linebackers there are in the 25 class. I mean, you're going to see guys, you're going to see guys that Texas doesn't even offer that it, it doesn't mean they're not really good players. They are going to Texas A&M, um, going to Oklahoma, going to LSU. That's how the depth of talent at linebacker in the state of Texas is tremendous in this class. I think also think offensive line. Uh, so, I mean, you know, Texas signed three offensive linemen last year. They signed 12 to two years before that. And the reason they didn't really push is because this class in 2025 in Texas on the offensive line, I think is extremely, extremely high end. Texas offered a kid, Ryan Foji, out of Bridgeland, who, um, who is still 16, doesn't turn 17 till July. I went to Bridgeland High a couple of weeks ago because his teammate, Jonte Newman's big time too. They have two of the best tackles in the country over there at Bridgeland High in Cyprus. But um, this kid was a 6'5", 6'4", 230-pound defensive end sophomore year at Bridgeland High on JV. And now he's 6'5", 280. And Rod, Aaron, I'm telling you, this kid has NFL pass protection body quickness and just movement skills. And there's guys like this popping up on the offensive line in Texas. It's a great year on the offensive line in 2025. That's why he's the best. He's Jerry Hamilton with all the info from On3 Sports, the uh, uh, senior recruiting analyst and the best in the biz. I'll have to ask you this because uh, if I were a national host, I would have to. 
when is Arch Manning going to transfer, and where is he going? Oh, <laughs> come on. Hey, yeah, you know, look, man, he's, he's here after keeping the student ID thing in his pocket. He's here to stay. Okay, he's here to stay. Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, by the way, hey, I have to say this too because we talked about it last week. We talked about Texas basketball. We we need to give Rodney some credit. We talked. Yeah, about we do. Right? Oh, they were start. We were they were starting to figure this thing out a little bit, playing through Dsu, playing through Asmus, getting the floor spacing back. The big lineup wasn't going to work. They had to work through some issues there. They were trying to cover smaller guards defensively, but they were giving up floor spacing and offense. So moving Dylan Mitchell back to that college power forward with with athleticism. Dylan DeSue being back, Max A. Smith playing that three-guard lineup a high percentage of the time. They have their four spacing back offensively, and now they have multiple threats that can shoot the ball. Brock Cunningham coming back off the bench where I think his energy is, you know, it's just unmatched as an off-the-bench player. Mixing in as a backup. Kendall Weaver is going to continue to be better. His energy's unmatched, period, right? So they're big. they figured this thing out now. And now they've set themselves up to be able to compete in this this next run of games. I mean, that was a big win in Oklahoma because then you turn around, you go to BYU. Then you have a day off and you have U of H on Monday. Uh, They have a tough stretch coming up. And some people say the whole Big 12 is a tough stretch. I get it. But there's some stretches tougher when you're on the road in Provo, turn around, quick turn around for a big Monday against Houston. Then you're at TCU. That's a four-game stretch counting at Oklahoma that's really difficult. But they're figuring this thing out. They're getting this rotation set. They got the starting lineup set now, and I think they have a chance to make a run. And I'll say this from a basketball recruiting perspective. Monday, they have a big-time official visitor coming in, a kid from NBA Africa, Ulrich Komchi, a 6'11 kid, who I think is, gonna, is pretty much going to be down to Texas, a USC, and Arizona. He is a future first-round pick, um, but he's going to be in for an official visit early next week. Well. Again, that's why he's the best. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Texas basketball. Kendall Weaver, agree with you. The energy and the, the rotation. The defense has been a lot better for Texas of late, too. Yeah. Held Oklahoma to just 60 points, which is something Roddy Terry's been pushing with that basketball team. Uh, all right, Jerry, great stuff, man. Thanks for the visit this morning. Look forward to more. And find all of Jerry's work at On3 Sports. And uh, he is the senior recruiting analyst. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. You got it, guys.